Hello, I'm Joseph Malazzi, creator of Dark Matter, and you are listening to Neil Before Pod. Neil Before Blog presents Neil Before Pod. Hello, and welcome to the latest Legion Review Podcast. I'm your host, Craig McKenzie, and here we go with Chapter 6, The Continued Adventures of David and the Voices in His Head. So, we've lost Aaron to the headspace again this week, so it's just Chris and myself. Hello, hello. Chris. Hello, hello. How is Chris? Chris is alright. Chris is not too bad this week. Good. All the voices in your head, just keeping quiet, letting you go I, and get I, on. I find the coffee keeps them distracted. <laughs> I find it... I don't know. Nothing keeps the voices in my head distracted. They just thrive and, and disagree with each other and leave me for dead. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so, unless there's anything spoiler-free, I think we should just descend straight into the spoilers. Yeah, here's the spoiler-free bit. Go and, go and watch the episode. <laughs> <laughs> watch the episode and watch the other five. Yeah, yeah, and watch the other five, especially. Why, why are you starting here? Don't start in the middle. It doesn't make sense. Why are you starting your relationship with Legion as a show by listening to a podcast about episode six? Yeah, this isn't where to begin. <laughs> no, not at all. It's not the best start. But, you know, you'll enjoy it and probably be just as confused, so it'll be fine. <laughs> so Maybe it's a perfect place to start. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Who knows? There is no perfect place to start. So, uh, do you have any objections to spoiling already? Or No, fire the klaxon. Cool. Or the harp. Or the harp, yeah. Either or. (laughs) Okay, we're in open speaking territory. We can exercise our right to free speech before we're silenced by an oppressive government. (laughs) Yeah, so this episode, it's for me it was the most linear and easiest to follow of the six. Um, it seemed to have an ABC structure, which is quite unusual for this show. I think because it all took place in that sort of memory space or, you know, the astral plane sort of space, uh, meant that it was just, you know, you weren't jumping between memories or incoherent thoughts or drifting off into somewhere else. So, yeah, it did follow a bit of a linear structure this week. Yeah. And kind of calling back to the first episode with the, the asylum, but putting all the characters into the asylum, kind of being accentuating their mutant traits in kind of human form was was quite an interesting way to do it because it allowed all the other characters to play big parts in the, the episode in, the, in a way that they really haven't before. Yeah, it gave us a good insight into each of the characters. You found out a little bit about each of these sort of supporting uh, supporting roles throughout i mean obviously you open with uh melanie and you you find out that the the husband's actually been gone 20 years yeah 20 years quite, in the ice yeah. box downstairs yeah and melanie's completely frozen as well just like her husband you know she's not really able to take action at all mm. which is quite interesting and um i actually really enjoyed how codependent Carrie and Kerry were you know the idea that the act is one and that's their like mental hang up but they have um, and they did the Wonder Twins style fist bump the, the fist cool. bump and the other bit was uh, in the, the sort of eatery where they're throwing and catching food to each other Yeah, I, I would love to see the number of outtakes there must be <laughs> of one of them throwing a piece of food and it just smacking the other one in the face or missing <laughs> <laughs> there must be a reel of that somewhere must be maybe on the dvd extras <laughs> um and of course there was lots of food hijinks like with sid seeing bugs on her pie mm. which is it's the biggest piece of pie i've ever seen that's that a large portion you, you've got to be friends with the dinner lady to get a portion that big <laughs> haven't you? yeah yeah and it's interesting that sid is the only one who can kind of see the flaws in this false reality as well it must have to do with her connection to David because she can see all the, the different things that others can't. So she's kind of aware that there's something else at, at play here. Yeah, she can see the sort of cracks in the veneer and she, she obviously sees the door as well, which David yeah. doesn't see. 
in odd quirks up until a point that she she seems to notice and be investigating. Yeah. And of course, her hang-up is that she just doesn't like to be touched. It makes her feel uncomfortable, which, you know, even though she doesn't have her mutant power in this reality, she's she's still got the same issues. Yeah, she still doesn't like the touch. Yeah. I thought the way that she was going to discover that they weren't in reality was that she was going to touch David. Mm. Yeah, and then that would kind of wake up. Although yeah. she kind of has visions of of the door and what's behind the door. and She sees the white room and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It just I'm not sure what they're going to do with it, but it's it's kind of clear that she's going to be the key to David's reclaiming of his own sanity or his own body or his own motor functions or whatever it is. Mm. Well, even Lenny says that love love has got in the way of her plan. Yeah. You know, and that's... So I'm guessing Sid is going to be the key in some way to that. But she's definitely the only one that sees that there's something wrong. Mm. David seems quite happy, really, that he's in there. He likes the routine. He likes the space. Also, he's got a very deluxe room. Yeah. Then he's got Mind Palace. You know, he's sitting there with a record player (laughs) and an artist's easel and a nice sofa. And you think, hang on. You know, everyone else is sort of sitting there on a bunk bed, yeah. <laughs> empty, in a bare padded room. <laughs> <laughs> well, is, it, is it possible that he's creating this kind of reality? Like Oliver, he might become too comfortable there. And um, obviously, it probably won't happen, but there is a risk that he could kind of slip into that, just forgetting about reality and just living forever in this this luxurious headspace that he's created for himself. Yeah, by, by the end, it seems like he's, you know, Lenny's revealed to him this isn't real. You're not yeah. getting out. You're in my control now. I don't need you anymore. Um, sort of thing by the end. So, yeah, I don't think he's going to settle in particularly to that scene. I think he would have quite happily if Sid and everyone hadn't started vanishing around him. He didn't start yeah. noticing that something was wrong. Yeah, although I did wonder about the whole Lenny thing because she talks about or this whatever that thing is, the, the parasite, um, talks about how she let him create his own you know, safe little world inside his head because well, she doesn't really say why but I wonder if she's just bragging and actually he's too powerful and she can't completely control him so the best she can do is kind of steer him in this direction. I think it's probably a bit of both. I imagine yeah. that he's occupied in his own little sort of mind palace for want of a better phrase then it means she can get away with doing more. Yeah. Because he's physic, you know, he's mentally away from his body at that time. So does that mean that sort of Lenny has free reign yeah. at that point? But Which at the same time, he's something. powerful enough to. He's probably powerful enough to exert some kind of resistance, even unconsciously. Yeah, I think on a sort of uh, a subconscious way, he can manipulate things, and that's probably why he ends up with a nicer room where the routine seems to work. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of this. The safety blanket, as it were. Yeah, yeah, and I thought I thought Lenny was really interesting in this episode as well. Just the, and I continue to be impressed by Aubrey Plaza's range in this show because she's embodied so many different characters since the first episode, and this is this is the most different one yet. You know, she has that kind of authoritarian psychiatrist thing at the start, where you know she clearly doesn't make anybody any better ever. <laughs> Yeah, the psychiatrist that gives out the worst advice ever. Yeah. yeah but also, just... when you say she's played so many of the different persona and has been really ambidextrous is the wrong sort of word, but you know what I mean? She's been able to sort of yeah. flip between different characters, different personas really rapidly. From In the first episodes where you're thinking, this is just a bit of a fun character in the back of David's head. To the point you're at now, where oh no, this is this is the character that's been manipulating everything the whole time. Yeah, and by the whole time, it's since before the show started. It was, she mentions it was since he was a fetus. Yes, that was when she infected him. Which is just, you know, so she's been there, kind of on his shoulder the whole time, which makes me wonder if Lenny ever actually existed. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably not. I would yeah. think. Um. Although Sid does know, Sid did interact with her in the real world because she was the one that killed her. 
inverted commas. In the, uh, yeah. It's so confusing. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, well, maybe, I don't know, but she was in David's body at the time, so would she not yeah. see the same uh, the same projections that David would in yeah. his body? And the body switching must have been what created that connection. You know, maybe David's mind sees her as a... Um, as, as something that's that's fine to be there, you know, it's, um, he would maybe reject other people, like he would reject Tony and everybody else, but Sid would see things that no one else would, and I think it might have something to do with the fact that she walked around in his shoes for a while. Potentially. I mean, I, I still have the suspicion that she's infected now as well, because of the that's whole body possible. swapping thing, yeah. because it seems like even when they've been apart, she's still been seeing images. Yeah. She's still been seeing those sort of characters lurking about, even when she's not been inside David's head. Yeah. Although I'm wondering, I mean, I theorised last week that Lenny or the parasite or the entity or whatever the hell they're going to call it in that given scene um, reminds me of the Shadow King, an X-Men villain that, that targets telepaths. So if it is that villain, or at least the same rules as that villain, then uh, Sid being infected wouldn't quite work because she ain't a telepath well that's true i mean it's the closest that we've come so far to it being confirmed as being that character yeah i mean there's the hint that uh, david's dad hid him yeah gave him up so that he wouldn't be found kind of thing yeah but and it, it didn't work did it so it's late? the closest they've got to the the sort of theory that he is charles xavier's son yeah and um, there was the picture with a crossed out face as well yeah i mean i I don't know enough about the comic lore to to say, to be honest. Mm. It would only be what I was able to Google that I'd be able to spout out. Yeah, if if it is the Shadow King, then that's really cool because that's something you would never see in the films. Or if you did, it would be a very small part of them. You know, a story that was about to end with um, red beams hitting blue beams. <laughs> As many X X Men films. <laughs> Yeah, not that there's not a place for that, but I think it's quite interesting that this is the power of television, right? You know, they can they can do things like that because it's it's well, it's cheaper for a start, and um, and you don't have as many uh, bums to fill in seats as you would with a high budget blockbuster film. So it's quite good that they can use the TV to explore these kind of more outlandish concepts. No, it's 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 really interesting the way they've done it i think they picked really well we're getting audrey plaza to do it uh i think she's she's been excellent but it's yeah i'm I'm interested to see where they go with it and how they're now going to fight that yeah because i presume they're all still despite the fact they've been sort of semi-rescued i imagine they're all still I suppose is that the astral plane that they're in at the moment, in some uh, form. If yeah, Oliver's able David's to get over head, there, yeah, yeah, within David's head, yeah, 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 it's not hugely clear. But I found the um, the cordyceps conversation quite interesting. I find cordyceps quite fascinating, anyway, because I think um, I don't know if you ever played the video game The Last of Us on PS3 and 4, but that's essentially the concept where the cordyceps have mutated to infect humans, and they behave in much the same way, but it's the idea that there's something out there that can essentially mind control ants and then, you know, force them to climb up to the highest tree and spread their spores around. And the fact that um, Lenny, for want of a better description, uh, sees herself like that is quite interesting. You know, she kind of knows what she is, and her yeah. intention was to just infect David and move on. But then she got she got quite happy in his little brain because of um, she can have so much fun with his powers. And has now decided just to wreak havoc instead. Yeah. Although, is that going to be permanent? I mean, is there a point where she gets to the point where her infection has run its course and she has to move on? Well, you'd think once people are aware of the infection, they can try and treat it. Yeah. I mean, that's the point that you've got to now, where you've got sort of Carrie who's going to be able to, you know, knowing now that there's something inside his head. You know, they yeah. came up with a device. He did take the device into the house with him well, in the, the previous episode. <laughs> the big collar thing that's supposed yeah. to sort of split the personalities. Yeah. So whether that gives a bit of control until they can get the infection 
cleared in some way. Yeah. I imagine in the end it's going to be some sort of battle within the sort of within David's psyche itself. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be an external threat. I mean, they were setting it up very much to be sort of the this little X Men team against government agency was what it looked like it was going to be at the beginning of the series, and it now looks like it's the battle's all going to be fought within David's head. Yeah, there's still the question of what the I represents in this, or what section Division Three is. It's section Division, isn't it? Division Three. We make this mistake every week. You yeah. think we're to learn by now? Division Three. Division free. I think it was probably me in the first episode of the podcast where I, I improvised and called it section free, and I think ever since it's ended up being it's ended keep, up being wrong. But and I yeah, keep thinking of section thirty one from Star Trek as well. <laughs> it gave me one of the biggest chuckles of this episode when it cuts to the eye sitting in the uh, psychiatrist session, and Lenny looks over and goes, "I'm sensing a little bit of hostility from you." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh heck! Um, but I'm wondering and, if the eye is an unwitting participant in all of this as well, because he was going after them for his own reasons or for whoever he works for his reasons. We don't know anyway, but it just seems he's been kind of pulled in. Yeah, I mean, he was drawn in because he was in the room at the time. Yeah. You know, he's he's been drawn into that illusion as well. But I mean, a very creepy way yeah. with him sort of uh, chasing Kerry about the building. Very yeah. dark and very sinister look. I mean, I think they did that really well, and he is just a proper creepy villain. He's a bit like the Terminator, the the T one thousand in that way. Yeah, just, just doing keeps the, coming, just like keeps coming and coming and coming, and and making the little sculptures and things. There must be stories or something behind that. I don't, I, you know, it's not been revealed to us yet. Yeah, and obviously we just had the announcement that season two has been greenlit. So. Oh. Don't ask me ha- to speculate what's coming. I don't even know what's happening in the next episode. I'm not speculating <laughs> about what's happening now. We know there's a season two. Yeah. But I'm, I'm wondering if the, the writers thought that season two would be a given and decided that they would introduce the eye and make him part of whatever this is, but not answer anything about him maybe until next season. I have the suspicion that there's a lot being set up here that they had no intention of answering by the end of the first series. Yeah. I mean, granted, at the start of any show, you've got to do a bit of world building anyway. There's, you know, there wouldn't be a point if they just created everything and destroyed it all within eight episodes. Yeah. But, yeah, I I have the suspicion that they were always hoping that they were going to get another series to continue on. Uh, Probably several. Yeah. um, That they've got sort of mapped out roughly with what they're wanting to do. But yeah, that is a character that might carry over, though he does sort of reek of a villain from that portion that mm. will probably be dispatched by the end. Maybe, yeah. think, because this seems to be the one villain that keeps coming back. You know, I thought it was going to be sort of the Division division 3 that was going to be the threat throughout, and then that's going to be remaining at the end. Obviously, mm. it's still there in a slightly dismantled form um, uh, by the end of the series, but um, I have the suspicion that he's going to be one of the villains that sort of gets his comeuppance by the end of the, the piece. Yeah, it could be there's um, he's one of many eyes and they, they expand on it next season by introducing another one and then explaining that that way. Or they might just linger him on and keep him as a thing throughout the next season. It's hard to say, but season two, I can't imagine what <laughs> what they'll get up to next season. I'm going to speculate. <laughs> yeah. But it seems like the season one villain is the Shadow King. I'm just going to keep calling it that until I'm told not to. Um, it does on that line. I'd like to say I just don't know enough about the comics that I can I can you know sort of say for certain. Yes, yes, it is. But it looks like yeah. that's what they're going down. Yeah. Well, whatever this Lenny entity thing will be, what what David needs to deal with this season, you know, and he'll do that whatever way he does it. But. Um, it's hard to it's hard to figure out what way they'll take it because I kind of take what Lenny says with a pinch of salt because she could so easily be lying. You know, this whole, as I mentioned earlier, the whole, um, I was content to let you live your life and have this support structure, but now I don't think I'll bother. And it's, it feels like, well, why would you do that in the first place? 
if she didn't have to, you know? Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, that was largely David's doing that, that all this kind of came about. So maybe she's just a bit of a passenger in that sense, but also has kind of control because he doesn't have control or doesn't realise that he could have control. Yeah, and a, a weakened mental state that he's in, he, she's currently able to uh, to dominate. Yeah. His, you know, his world has been turned upside down somewhat, so at that point, pr- she's probably able to sort of exert her control over him. Yeah. I also liked how the sister played the role of the kind of harsh nurse. Yeah, yeah. It was, first, it was her that like, said, you get no pie. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. I, I looked at the nurse. I was like, "Oh, she looks familiar." And then I. Re- it was only the next time when she came up to him at the door that I realised it was the sister. Yeah. Um, and it sort of clicked in my head that they had swapped her around, and they had also, um, when they're sitting comparing the spit and the length of the spit <laughs> and the drool, I noticed that they had sort of swapped Ptolemy into that scene. Yeah. I liked how it was, you think he's had a yogurt? And stuff like that. Yeah. Work out how he had Do you so think it'll drink. break before it hits the floor? <laughs> <laughs> so bit, it's like they had swapped just a couple of bits and pieces around, and I thought yeah. it was quite neat. The other thing I noticed about the therapy room, and I was trying to work out who the picture was in the background, but the, the person screaming uh, out of focus on the painting on the back wall, which must mm. be significant in some way, I was trying to work out if it looked like David, if it looked like someone else that was screaming at the very back. Maybe because it was, it was there in detail. frame in every <laughs> yeah. shot. And it just had me thinking that must be in some way significant. It's either that or it was just to be the most sort of distressing looking image that you could put in a counselling room ever. Yeah. You know, this you is a safe that, place. Look at the know, what, what, what are you wanting in here? Are you wanting the lovely picture of some fields or are you wanting the screaming man? Oh, we'll yeah. put the screaming man painting right there. Uh, <laughs> <I'll> do, <you laughs> know. It's, it's interesting. With, um, with this episode, you could watch it side by side with the first episode and, and you could compare certain scenes. So you've got like the, the circle therapy bit where you know Lenny's the doctor and Antonomy sitting next to him and so on. And it's I think it's quite interesting because it was kind of anonymous faces in that part before. Um, but in this one, it's obviously, it's David's world now. And it doesn't really, it doesn't really go anywhere or it's not really noteworthy beyond that. But it's like the idea that David has this world and, and now it's kind of fed into the last place he felt comfortable, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just an observation. I can no, no, no. I mean, I'd, it yeah. would be one of those things if you compared the sets and stuff side by side to see what's yeah. been placed or moved or so, someone have sat there and done it. Because <laughs> if you, some, if I'm guessing, if you look at the framing, you've got like Melanie standing in the exact same place that someone else was, and mm. you know, but the difference is the significance is greater because you know who Melanie is. Uh, I'm pretty sure Tony takes the role of that. I think Lenny was in Tonomy's role in the first episode. Yes. He was kind of sitting to his, was it his left or his right? One of the directions. Yeah. yeah. She one was sitting one next one to him and saying stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think they have sort of replaced each of those. I think there was a character that was sort of watering plants and dotting around the sort of atrium space before. Yeah. Um, that Melanie's taken. And obviously Sid was, well, Sid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Sid is essentially fulfilling her own role within that. Now, it'd be amiss of me not to mention the uh, the dance scene. Yes. Get. <laughs> I know I would get told off if I didn't raise it on the podcast. Yes, uh, Aaron, Aaron, when he makes his return, would be most upset. Yeah, yeah, he'd be very disappointed in me not mentioning the uh, the Nina Simone <laughs> dance number. I, I thought it was like a bit, a bit like a James Bond dance number. You know how they always do I got, silhouette. I got that impression. Yeah, the sort of silhouette dancing. Yeah, it was it was yeah. just so bizarre. She was, I mean, this show has done bizarre dance numbers, but this even by their standards is bizarre. It's the fact Where that she, she was, run out and she run through about two or three different sets, sort of into the apartment set and into the the medical bay space and yeah, she was just, gyrating against the kitchen and things like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was just really weird and out of the blue 
as well. Like, she's just having a ball. She's really enjoying herself because she's in control. So I'm going to have a little dance number. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although I wonder if them, I wonder if that's her kind of asserting her own dominance as well. You know, she's kind of, I'm just going to dance around your brain because it's mine now. And I really enjoy being inside your, yeah. uh, inside your head and thriving on your misery. This is great, you know, because she does go through all the kind of locations where David will have had negative memories. So you've got the kitchen. You've got the um, that that room with the the dentist chair, uh, the therapy room, of course, all that kind of stuff. You know, David yeah. will associate those negatively, and, and the fact that she's you know dancing around in them is probably a bit of a slap in the face. Now, as much as we sort of mention the dance numbers each week, and it's something a bit funny to see on screen, I have the feeling that there's no rhyme or reason to them whatsoever, and it's just. You know, we need something a bit random to throw in here. You know, we've not had anything random within the last 25 minutes. Can we just throw a bit of an oddball thing in? And on yeah. week one, they went, oh, let's do a synchronized dance routine. Why not? It'll be a good laugh. It'll be a team bonding for our new cast. Let's get them all doing a dance number. Yeah. And then I'll... the next time they went, God, you know, we're about 45 seconds short on this week's episode. And, you know, we're not really wanting to do that big reveal until next week. What will we throw in? Have you thought about putting in a dance number? <laughs> oh, Brian, okay, fine. We'll put another dance number in just for you. And then, you know, do you know what? We're running a bit light on the reveal this week. Have you thought about um, sitting playing a banjo, playing Muppet songs? <laughs> oh, Brian. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's all ended up in. <laughs> Is there a writer on this show called Brian? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm picking a name at the head. I hope there isn't a Brian. If there is a Brian, Brian, I'm sure it wasn't you that came up with it. I just picked a name at random. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it could be. And it's one of those, um, you know, how fan theories fly up out of the ether and, and almost everything that we watch, certainly. Mm-hmm. So people will draw lines between things and try to look for some deeper meaning. And, you know, I love doing that stuff. I love it when, you know, I, I start to work stuff out. So I wonder if that guy's secret, that guy. I mean, I've been doing it with Charles Xavier since episode one, you know, and I've, now I've got the Shadow King. That's the flag I'm flying. Yeah. Um, but it's. I wonder if it's this whole, let's just throw some random dance numbers in. The fans will come up with theories and we can sit and laugh. Yeah, imagine sitting watching them come <laughs> up with ideas of what we're doing now. It's like this will definitely throw everyone off the scent, you know? Yeah. It's, it's one of those. Uh, yeah, like, don't don't get yeah. me wrong. I, I, I don't hate it at all. It's one of those things that's just random and I, I now look forward to what random dance routine are they going to throw in this week? Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> yeah, and there's, um, yeah, it's like that, that film that's coming out this weekend, Life, where people think that because one of the trailers apparently showed some stock footage from Spider-Man 3 of a crowd looking up into the sky, they think, oh my God, this must be a Venom prequel. And I'm sure that was completely unintended. It was mm-hmm. just some other, it was just some footage from a Sony film that they had lying around that they could just use. But you we know, it's stock, come out. We need stock footage of bemused looking crowd looking up <laughs> to the sky. Oh, all right, yeah. we're in here. Yeah, um, job done, fine. And but now that no, it's taken no on, no one this will life, be able to tell where it comes from. <laughs> yeah. But now that it's taken on this life, pardon the pun, of being a Venom prequel, you know, it's it's probably going to get extra people into the theater. And I actually saw an article where like producers don't deny that uh, it's a it's a Venom prequel. It's like, well, of course they won't, because then people won't go to see it. If they do, you know, it's like, no, 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 it's not a Venom prequel. Don't bother if you're expecting that. But it'll be like, yeah, could be. It's a bit bit of a random theory. Don't get me wrong. I don't mind a fan theory. I love a fan theory. My my, my favorite in particular is that Jar Jar Binks may be a Sith Lord. Um, We've discussed that before. We we have discussed that on another podcast. Feel free to go and download it. But yeah. (laughs) If you've got some time to spare, read it. It's very well thought out, and it all makes perfect sense. Just read it. Um, I'd love a, a, a weird, wacky fan theory. If someone has got a weird, wacky fan theory to the dance numbers, feel free to get in touch. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> write your theory on a postcard. Put your tinfoil hat on and write down your fan theory and uh, send it in. <laughs> We should do a podcast on fan theories sometime. Like the best, the top ten fan theories, or everybody brings a couple of fan theories. It'd be quite fun. Mm, yeah, we could talk be, through them, the, the convincing ones. We will call it the fan theory forum. Yes, because oh, it sounds like alliteration, despite the fact it isn't. This is so happening. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll keep quiet about the, one of my favourites. You know, spoilers for a podcast that, that we haven't even been spoiled. That one. All right, all right. <laughs> no, no, that. 
That's one we've discussed before. It's fine. It's just oh, reinforcing true, right? it. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, back to Legion. We've digressed again. Oh yeah, we've digressed slightly. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I've mentioned that. Uh, yeah, we've had more clues to Xavier, the kind of thing that Xavier might give up his son when he's young to to save him. Uh, I don't know if we'll get the answer to that this season, but you know, Patrick Stewart uh, has said he'd be open to it. Apparently, has he? All right. Yeah. Um, I'm done with Xavier. Oh, Legion, you say? Legion, and well, that sounds good. <laughs> A recurring TV role, you say? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it probably is, and I've, I've not been shy of saying it from the start. I have the my my theory is the fact that they wouldn't commit one hundred percent to it within this series until it's proven. At which point they're going to get given the keys to a couple of other items in the in the toolbox. Yeah. I, I do think a lot of the time they're very protective of the property, and it's one of those things. If we if we let them play with all these other characters, then there's no denying it's within our universe. Yeah. Uh, therefore, if we sort of keep everything locked up until at least we know it's a success, mm-hmm. you know, then it'll go down as a you know a nice note. So I, I think you possibly get some sort of Charles Xavier reference within the next series, couple episodes, maybe even yeah. by the end of the eighth one. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it'll. It will be something that's been held back, or, or they'll hold back to confirm it's Xavier. Yeah. Until I think by the end of this, you'll probably get something like, "Oh, we've tracked him down, and he's a school teacher outside of." Dot, dot, yeah. Dot. I think that's about. Yeah, yeah, he's a professor at a school or something. That's about as far as they'll go, and they won't say the name, but they'll obviously yeah. leave it there. So they'll be like, "David, your hairline's starting to recede a little." <laughs> David, is uh, male pattern baldness part of your family's dream? <laughs> 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 could be that's kind of a you know overt smallville style reference but you know it would work <laughs> uh, yeah i would i would like to see that happen uh, i don't know if we will or not but yeah, i'm enjoying the show as it is and i think they're they're playing about with the whole mutancy thing very well and i actually like how this episode developed the whole mutancy thing even though nobody really had their powers other than david of course um where everyone had their mutant power as a a psychological problem. Yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, but I, I think my favourite one, yeah, in inverted commas, favourite, essentially, was a Tonomy sort of time-travelling at the moment of, like, his mother's death. So it's kind of like his power of reliving memory, but he re- he's, like, haunted by this memory. I think it's quite, it's quite poetic and it's quite tragic, I think. Yeah, and they do sort of hit in the head going, you live in, you live in the past or you spend a lot of time in this yeah. memory. They did a, a good thing this week, is sort of revealing little bits, little bits of character backstory without, without it seeming clunky. Yeah, you know they could have done a lot of exposition in other episodes. Instead, they left it to this. It does. the The pace in this episode was possibly a bit slower than it's been in others, which and I was a little bit disappointed by this episode. I can't put my finger on it totally, but I, one of the things I did like was getting to find out a little bit more about these characters because you've not really had the opportunity yet. No. A lot and, of the conversations have obviously been about David, so you've not found out much. Yeah, and it's kind it. of stake, taking stock of itself as a show in a lot of ways. You know, it's kind of, okay, we've spent the last five episodes talking about this. Here's what it kind of starts to mean. So this is, I, I said last week that they started answering the questions now that they were past the halfway point. But this episode definitely answers more than it asks. It doesn't answer an awful lot, but it doesn't also doesn't ask an awful lot. No, it does. It doesn't answer tons. It doesn't ask, like you say. It, it hasn't been one that sort of left us with more questions than answers. No. Uh, this episode, which is good, because that's at the point we're at now, where we should be receiving answers or a little bit more plot development. Yeah. Uh, the, one of the things that kind of disappoint me a bit is it's one of the few episodes when I, where I've been able to predict where it's going. Mm. You know, on the podcast last week, we discussed that Oliver would potentially be the person that would save them within this sort of dream state that they're in. Yeah, round of applause We've, to Aaron for predicting that. Yeah.
so from from this week, it was like, yeah, that, that probably makes about sense. And as soon as I saw the f- sort of small floating ice cube, I thought, ah, <laughs> here it is. <laughs> yeah, so well done to Aaron for the, the fact of, that uh, Melanie could see it as well. Yes, was it her that saw? It? Yeah, she saw it. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it's one of the few that I've been able to sort of predict or or had an inkling of what what was going to happen and how far down it was going to go. And he was cutting about with his diving suit, of course. Yeah, and he's he's cool, Fred. Uh, yeah. going about, until it was Kerry at the end. Yeah, uh, he, he was in the diving suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Uh, which yeah. was odd, but there you go. Yeah. I mean, the it's because they couldn't we've... afford the actor this week. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Fury. Um, <laughs> Jermaine Clement was busy. Yeah, he was, he was. He was very busy, and we could only afford him on set for one day. We did he was doing his voice work for Moana at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, the bit that was strange within that was. Melanie stepping out of the mirror into the frozen sort of time frame with the bullets yeah. in the air. And I was trying yeah. to work out if that was genuinely time moving slowly or that was just a simulation of what was going on. Yeah, well, that took us back to right the, at the end of the last episode, didn't yeah. it? When, you know, when Sid acted as a human shield. Because it wasn't. It wasn't frozen. It was just moving incrementally, slowly, like very, very slowly along. Quicksilver style. Yeah. So he, he was, I kept expecting uh, Quicksilver <laughs> to. Well, he, I mean, he wasn't there, but just move the bullets out of the way. Although Melanie tried that, and it was like too cold or too hot. She got she got burns because yeah. the, the bullets are still hot. Take note, Quicksilver. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although you know you can get burns from extreme cold as well. So. Very, very true. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she she was a uh, she was hurt, and then she tried to move, uh, tried to move uh, Sid and David, and it didn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was weird. I'm still not sure what that's about. Yeah. It was kind of them escaping the um, the the fictitious world, I suppose. Well, well, it was like the realisation of it was like almost reorientating her and going, "No, this is where you really are just now. You're in this room." Yeah, what's the, the last room thing you remember? The isn't real. Yeah. This room that you're in now, this is exactly where you are. And it, from that point, she seemed to know what was going on. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of answering questions, obviously, I think um, Lenny's conversation with David was was very heavy on the old exposition, but it wasn't bad. I actually quite liked the dialogue. You know, the kind of questions of a. Uh, when it was talking about um, spreading the spores and uh, mm-hmm. and she was questioning, well, what's the point in babies and what's the point of life? Kind of hinting that humanity in itself or mutant kind, I suppose, could be a parasite. Yeah. And, uh, the only, the only right thing that matters is God and power. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I was like, ooh. <laughs> it's a very quotable exchange, that one. It's very, very well done. And usually exposition can be, you know, because it was essentially... Um, Lenny sitting in David's face just telling him stuff. But the stuff was compelling and, and the stuff made you think. So, yeah. you know, they, they do exposition quite well in this show. Sadly, no sky screens this, this week, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some, like you say, there's some weird bits that sort of stand out in these episodes and weird devices and bits where you go, did they just want to make that because it looked cool or is there some sort of reason... You know, I suppose it it's it's not meant to be based on on you know a real Earth like our timeline no. kind of thing. Going well, it's in the seventies, and in the seventies we didn't have this. It's in the sort of X Men universe seventies where maybe they did have sky screen projecting <laughs> devices and you know odd bits of weird outlandish tech lying around. Yeah, um, well, the seventies and seventies X Men comics that were going in space and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, you've got to take it. I mean, because stylistically, it sort of looks like our sort of 70s, 80s sort of style kit that they've got lying about, the way it's all been designed. Uh, even a lot of the music that they've chosen and the covers that they've chosen yeah. have been from that era. I mean, you finished with... Uh, it was a really nice cover, actually, of uh, David Bowie. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the Muppet song's got to be later than that. Probably, yeah. And I'm yeah. trying to think. We know you, uh, Pretty Things was out in the chart. 
I'll mm. try and find out. I'm, I'm not one of those guest the year DJs on the radio, so I'm not <laughs> terrible at doing guest the year stuff. Oh. Yeah, I always hate those competitions. Yeah, what was the name of the song? I'm just going to Google it now, so that our listeners will know. Oh, I'm 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 already on it. I'm already googling. <laughs> oh well, I don't need to then. Cool. Yeah, uh, and I quite like the. Um, it's such a small comment, but I, I really like the the outfit that everyone except Sid wears inside the asylum. You know the the orange hoodie thing. Yeah, the sort of jumpsuit where yeah. the zip goes all the way up as well. Yeah, although Sid wears it sometimes, but not in every scene. There's the odd scene where she's just in black. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, she likes black. Apparently, I don't know why. Just because she does. But you had pretty much everybody was in that. Apart, Melanie wasn't, or was she? I don't know. I'm doubting my own memory now. Damn this show. <laughs> I guess it just bleeds into this like really colourful aesthetic, though. And I do quite like how colourful this show is as well, because there's so many things at the moment that are just, you know, the, the palette is so dull. OK, for the Guest of the Year fans, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I finally found out Oh You Pretty Things was released in 1971. Oh, well, we're OK then. As so. part of the Hunky Dory album. Ah. There, there you go. go. It'll be in the show notes. A link so to what the... was the year? It was 1971. <laughs> well, we should have thrown in a few other guesses what other happened, else happened in 1971 <laughs> <laughs> no let's not do that we waste other, enough time on these other great things in this year were <laughs> yeah um, Rainbow Connection 1979 holy, holy moly uh, also in the charts in 1971 T-Rex <laughs> Hot Rob uh, Dawn not three times and middle of the roads chirpy chirpy cheap sheep the highest selling single of 1971 Craig do you want to take a guess no biggest selling single in the UK the Americans you had a different one uh, was Clive Dunn and Grandad I would never have got that <laughs> uh, that'll be in the next episode yeah that was the first that was the first sorry that was the first number one <laughs> <laughs> Number one of that year, Clive Dunn and Granddad. Well, uh, did the you? things you learn on the Legion podcast. I know, I know. Who said that we digress on this podcast? By the way, I think we keep it very, uh, very. Well, with control. it, with with the Muppet song being in 1979, it seems to have stuck pretty rigidly in the 70s so far. We could be proven wrong. I think if we went through every song that they've done, maybe one of them will not come out in the 70s. But that's an exercise I can't be bothered doing. Someone else probably already has. So if you've done that, come forward. Yeah, answers on a postcard, please. Yeah, this is the kind of thing that Aaron will listen to and then research for next week. Yeah, I'm, I'm now googling Grandad to find out if it was actually <laughs> selling for anyone because that that sounds wrong to me. That sounds like I'm using an unreliable source. If it's on like Wikipedia. Fake, it's pure truth. <laughs> fake news. <laughs> fake news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, if it's on Wikipedia, then it must be true. Uh, biggest single songs of the year. Yeah. Anyway, I'll find out. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, ah, ni- 1971. Now, that sounds more reasonable. But is that in the UK? In the UK chart? See, this this makes more sense. 1971, they're saying George Harrison and My Sweet Lord, which is a way better song. Yeah. Although I'd rather hear Grandad on this, this TV show. Uh, well, it would be more in place, isn't it? It's more yeah. weird and off the wall. <laughs> and they could totally sing it in a minor key and make it sound so creepy. I, yeah, speaking of the music sort of going creepy, at one moment when they're in sort of David's leisure suite in the uh, <laughs> in the facility, um, when Sid starts questioning the, questioning the reality in front of David, the the vinyl that they've got playing in the background starts to slow and creak and sort of warp, <laughs> yeah, in the most creepy way in the background, where it all starts to go slightly out of key, and you're like, it's like the world sort of coming apart in a way. It's like, is he's coming to a bit of a realization, or he's not enjoying the the reality getting questioned? Yeah, yeah, it's all sorts of weird stuff. The music in this show is weird. I think that's the conclusion we can come to. Yes. Yeah. So I think we've pretty much exhausted everything that this episode has to offer, perhaps. Yeah, I think I think so. I think I've run through everything. 
Yeah. Certainly I've covered all my notes. Stealing pie. Nobody likes you is one of my notes. <laughs> Stealing pie, yes. You don't deserve pie and nobody likes you. Yeah. And if, <laughs> if David has pie, no one has pie. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like, I like that he was, looking, he was looking forward to pie. It was the only thing that was keeping him going through his day. <laughs> pie got thrown on the floor. Uh, and, so yeah. <laughs> and then it was full of bugs. Yeah. It looked delicious, though, even with the bugs. Well, it adds extra nutrition. That's it. Extra protein. Yeah. Good, it's good for you. Yeah, that's enough about bugs, I think. Bugs mm. and poisons and all that stuff. Any predictions for the next episode then? Because Aaron got pretty right on about uh, Oliver coming to the rescue. I think they will reveal that the um, the Shadow King is indeed what this thing is. Do you think and, they'll give it that name though? Uh, yes. Let's go with that. Let's be definitive. Yes, they will. They will name it. And uh, Charles Xavier will wheel in and <laughs> and say it's called the Shadow King, David. <laughs> That's not. Uh, I didn't do a Patrick Stewart impression, nor would I. But, um, yeah, no, I don't think Charles Xavier is going to turn up in the next episode. But I do think if they're going to name this thing, it's going to have to be like now because there's only two episodes left. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll come up with a name for it or it should. If they're going to start combating it, it might reveal its name. That's how it might come out. Otherwise, I think they'll just leave it for fans of the comics to know what the character is, just to know that it's a villain. Or just say, oh, this thing is like the Shadow King. You know, uh, you know, in things like Arrow and Flash, they do villains that are like villains, but not quite uh, yeah. not quite the same. They, they make a bit of changes. Uh, the original name for the Shadow King from the 1930s was Amal Farouk. So they could call it that. Ah. Notable aliases Amal Farouk, Jacob Rice, Anan Ananansi. No Anna 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 Anansi. There we go. Or Cypher or Karma. Look out for all those words. Alright. Yeah. So there we go. That's my prediction. Uh, Shadow King name bingo or for next week's episode. That's it. It'll be in the show notes. I do love the show notes. <laughs> well, a pro- uh, I expect a proper bingo card in the show notes, by the way. Uh, let's, if, no. if we're doing it there. You, you will you will be disappointed. <laughs> but, yeah, that's something to think on for next week. And if Aaron's listening, he can look up all the songs and find out what year they came from. Yes. And I've said it. It's unedited. He can... <laughs> that, that is his challenge. That's what he gets for missing staff meetings. Yeah. It's assigned work. <laughs> Yeah, we can just assign them all the work. It's That's it. That way, yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. You're looking at a screen of uh, of uh, top selling singles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what this show drives us to. I know. Yeah. Random thoughts. I wonder if I'm infected by a brain parasite. It'd explain a lot. No comment. Yeah, well, <laughs> probably wise. But yeah, um, I guess overall thoughts in the episode. I mean, we've never actually done a rating over the past six episodes, you know, but like on Neil Before Blog, we do ratings for every episode. So I don't know, should we start now? I'm going to go with 8.5 out of 10. 8.5 out of 10. I would not go as high for it. I would go uh, about 7.5, let's see. Cool. Top end of average. The top, top end of average for me. I wasn't. Because I've been enjoying the rest of the series, I would feel unfair marking it lower. Yeah. It's probably an episode that needs to happen, though I was a little disappointed in it at some points, just because oh. of pacing and things. However, yeah, I I'll actually go 10, with points for, 10 points for the dance number. Yeah. I'll go with 8, I think. I think 8's better. 8's <laughs> better, right. struggling to justify that point five in my head. Yeah, 8. And, you know, it made me feel good because I could follow it. <laughs> that's you know it's brilliant yeah i know what's going on <laughs> and now for the hard of following an easy episode you know need to get that uh fry meme you know where he's like stroking his chin like <laughs> not sure or it's the is it no it's the eyes isn't it the, the kind of crossed eyes where he's like not sure if or no yeah not, not sure if getting not smarter sure if or, or dream <laughs> realm yeah <laughs> 
Well, it's more not sure if getting smarter or Legion isn't trying this week. <laughs> Something like that. I'm going to make one. I'll make one for the show notes. All right. Along <laughs> with the bingo card. Great. There is no bingo card. Oh. I will not put a bingo card. <laughs> because there's no point. Because we're not going to be like drawing them out of a tombola. Sadly. No, but the show's going to be pulling them out of a tombola. Yes. What am I called this week? This week, right. I am. <laughs> yeah. So, on that note, I think I've got very little else. Um, enjoyed it. Easiest to follow the episodes. Answered a few questions. Proved Aubrey Plaza's range, which is a you know I didn't expect to see. That's it. Yeah, I think I think everyone's. A good job on it. I, I can't really fault the acting at all. Yeah. Through the whole thing, I think every character's been played really, really well. None of them have really disappointed me. Although I did see the missing episode of Legion at the weekend as well. It was where he uh, thought he'd been cursed by uh, an enchantress and thought he was a beast, and then met this girl <laughs> called. <laughs> yeah, that, that's in an alternate universe, I think. It wouldn't even have to be. If it played out as an episode of Legion, you'd just be like, well, all right. Well, there's more dance numbers in this week's episode, <laughs> and and the candlestick talks. <laughs> let's, put, let's put Sid in uh, in Bell's place. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Um, Cogsworth can be uh, Oliver. Let's go with Tonomy as Lumiere. I think I'll stop now. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just because Dan Stevens and Beauty and the Beast. It just be like. Yeah, if this was an episode of Legion, I wouldn't bat an eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you could have uh, Lenny could be Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Got Beauty and the Beast in there somehow. Yeah. yeah we, <laughs> I can now link to my review. The in. Is, is there a review <laughs> incoming on the Neil Before blog? There has already been a review. Oh, it's already in. All right. Okay, there you yeah. go. It will be in the show notes. Check it out now. <laughs> Read it now. Read Spoiler it now, because I have, obviously. <clears throat> <Yep>. <laughs> yes, he totally knew it existed. I totally knew it was there. I was just yeah. probing to get more information and to plug it further. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, shall we wrap up? Yep. Legion next week. Good. We might have a full team next week. Full team of three. Because we only know one other person that wants to talk about it or feels the need to talk about it occasionally. <laughs> So that'll be exciting. And Aaron maybe has his homework that he might do. We'll see. You're hoping. <laughs> so, yeah. Final thoughts. Uh, any final thoughts that you didn't get to say throughout? No, I think I think that's it. I think I've worked my way through all the pages. Cool. Well, I will, um, I will sprout out from the head and uh, throw spores everywhere, which is much dirtier than I wanted it to sound. No, no, I, I think it's probably as dirty as you wanted it to sound. <laughs> Off you go and throw your spores and uh, <laughs> and face face the opposite direction from me, please. Uh, it's no wonder nobody listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> See you next anyway, week. <laughs> until next time. That was the review and aimless discussion of Chapter 6. Thanks, as always, to YouTuber331Erock for the supplied music. If you like what you heard here, then please subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, or any major podcasting app. And I hope you'll join us on the next Neil Before Podcast.